there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2 and streaming on NFL Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to Open Floor. I'm your host, John Gonzalez. Normally, you can hear me as the host of Sports Illustrated Weekly. Please listen and subscribe. I have been on this pod more lately, though. Today, I am sitting in for my Pina. Rohan, Chris Herring, just like the actual NBA, they've all decided to take the entirety of August off. So I'm here and I am delighted to be joined by my friend and former co-worker from The Ringer. He's the best in the biz, Dan Devine. John, as somebody who is also not taking the entire month of August off, I am pleased to help you fill this spot and to fill these uh, these estimable seats of these titans that, uh, that I'm sitting in for in the Open Floor Globe. It's a wonder to be here. Yeah, big sneakers for us to fill. Open Floor Globe <laughs> heads are stuck with us, but we're going to do our level best. This is actually going to be the first of a two-part Dan Devine double dip. We're going to do episode one today. We're going to talk through all things Nets later on in the show. And then on Monday, Dan's going to return with us, and we're going to run through the over-under win totals for all 30 teams that was recently released by the Vegas Oddmakers. Dan, nobody's ever done that on a pod before. We're the first. We're breaking new ground. We're breaking new ground. We're going to be the first. Uh, and I want to get to all the Nets drama. But first, we would be remiss if we did not mention some of the news that came out from the NBA uh, this week. They, the league has decided to retire Bill Russell's number league-wide. Uh, so nobody will be able to wear number six in the future. People currently wearing number six have been grandfathered in. That includes one LeBron James. But your reaction to the league deciding to retire Bill Russell's number? Yeah, I think it's it's really appropriate. I know uh, Chris Mannix at SI had, had discussed that as a possibility. Some other folks were, were sort of on the the, the bandwagon there. Um, you know, it's 
as far as a way to honor a player who or an individual who is so meaningful, not just on the court, but off of it, uh, you know, having a similar approach to what the, uh, the Major League Baseball did with Jackie Robinson seems completely fitting. Uh, an absolutely towering figure and uh, the, the league as it stands in a number of directions, both in the way that the labor movement and the way uh, it's been sort of forward facing on progressive issues and in the way the game itself looks on the court. None of it would be that way without Bill Russell. So uh, a fitting tribute for uh, one of the greatest figures in the history of the sport and uh, one that we've, we've all been lucky enough to be able to be touched by in some way or another. Yeah, Rowan, I talked about this last week. Uh, I believe it was last week when he passed and Look, he was an incredible basketball player. There's no doubt about that. 11 championships, 12 All-Stars, uh, an Olympic gold medal. You can't say enough about what he did as a basketball player. But as great as he was on the court, I think he deserves having his number retired in this special place in history for what he did off the court for social justice, as a civil rights activist, as a man who, from his first day to his last, was unflailing in standing up and speaking out for the things that he knew to be right. I mean, in 2017, when he took a knee in solidarity with NFL players, mm -hmm. and like he never missed an opportunity to say, I think what you're saying there is wrong, or I think what we're saying there is right, and here's why, and often, uh, to his detriment, right? I mean, there were stories about, you know, when he was playing for the Boston Celtics, a city that he loved, but a city that has a really fraught relationship with race relations when the Celtics would be on the road and then all of a sudden, you know, his house got broken into, right? I mean, it's things that he went through uh, and, you know, there were racial epitaphs uh, that were scrawled, uh, you know, at his place and like the, the things that he went through, especially during the civil rights movement, doing that while also being an incredible you know, world-class, all-time historical basketball player. I mean, he led a life, two lives. Uh, yeah, I'm right. I mean, more, more than you can encapsulate in a, you know, in a, a, you know, a single sort of soundbite. And there's been, you know, one of the, the it's a, a cold comfort to some degree, but it's something at least of when somebody this importance dies, when somebody who has had such an outsized impact on the world we cover and then also the broader world, you, you get to kind of, you get the history lesson, right? If you were not there to see him live, if you were not somebody who was there to, to follow his career along, you get to go back and you read these pieces, the, the, the sort of the legendary writers of the time and then the people that, are, that were there and saw it and go back now. And uh, to get the, like, the, the fact that he was like a, a track and field champion and was like literally leaping over people in the open court uh, on, on the field, like it was a, uh, I think, a different level of understanding and appreciation for what he actually was in the time that he was uh, the sort of revolutionary figure. And then for all that, as you said, all that he meant off the court, I know our friend Paul Flannery was sort of a leading voice back in the day in Boston of like, build this man a statue. And yeah. then for that to actually come to fruition and to come to pass and for in latter years him to be sort of to get that recognition that he so richly deserved. Um, while he was able, you know, we always say give people the flowers when they can smell them. Bill Russell was able to get a lot of that. And I thought that was uh, that's one thing to sort of grab hold of a silver lining in this moment. Build him a statue. I mentioned this quote uh, when Ro and I did um, the piece or the the episode on Bill Russell. But I want to just throw it out real quick. It was from a Frank DeFord story. He was quoting another Celtics legend, Tommy Heinsohn. This is what Tommy Heinsohn said at the time. He said, look, all I know is the guy won two NCAA championships, 50-some college games in a row, the 56 Olympics. Then he came to Boston and won 11 championships in 13 years. And they named an effing, sta uh, and they named an effing tunnel after Ted Williams. 
And I'm like, right. you know what, Tommy Heinsohn, you're right about this. I wasn't the, the biggest fan of, uh, of Tommy as a color analyst, but he absolutely nailed that one. So kudos to Chris Mannix for throwing out the idea of retiring his number. Kudos to Adam Silver and the NBA for making it happen. Uh, I do want to just talk through briefly what that means for some of the current number sixes in the NBA. Uh, so LeBron is one. Uh, LeBron should be able to wear whatever number he wants. Uh, if he wants to keep wearing number six in solidarity with Bill Russell, please do. Some other people in the NBA, Dan, I think like should just get off a of number six now. Like I'm not sh- <laughs> I'm not sure that they rise to the level of being grandfathered in. Like so, here's some people I'm going to ra- uh, name who wear six currently: Kristaps Porzingis. And then there's a big drop-off. And we have Kent Bazemore, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Eric Bledsoe, Bruce Brown, Alex Caruso, Jordan Clarkson, Montrez Harrell, and DeAndre Jordan. How do we feel about them continuing to wear number six? Well, DeAndre Jordan played with Bill Russell, right? He was, yeah. uh, they, they, were, they, 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 they shared a front court in 68-69. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I think you're, it's, it's fair to say, like, Alex Caruso, it might be a, a gesture to, to see what other numbers might be available. I know it's it's tricky in Chicago. I know Caruso, of course, would uh, be, be unworthy uh, successor to Michael Jordan's number 23. But maybe we could find another place for Alex Caruso to go. Um, I mean, the thing that I would love to, to hear, though, is like which of those guys would put up the biggest fight about being like, well, it's like, you know, well, we're allowed to. Chris Stapps, I hear what you're saying, but like. Be the bigger man here. Like you're, you're already a very big man. Right. Be the bigger man, and just you know, find the, find a new legacy to to embody. Um, I think yeah, there's not necessarily. Like, I remember really vividly when the Mavs won the title in 2011, and Bill Russell was there, like taking a picture with Tyson Chandler, and Tyson Chandler was saying like, "You're the reason I wore six. Yeah. And I don't know if that's necessarily true for anybody now, but like the idea of somebody being able to carry that legacy forward, I think that's one thing. But yeah, as we move forward here, I'm like thinking about guys that wore 42 at the time in Major League Baseball, like Butch Husky, we could probably just move on to a different number for you, buddy. Like you don't have to necessarily keep this going. Uh, Yeah, we'll we'll see if that if people sort of make that proactive decision with number six. But um, it's cool that that, you know, nobody's being forced to, but it might be the right move. This feels like the LeBron carve out, right? Because they're like. Ah, right. what do we do about that? And then just like a bunch of other people snuck in before the door closed on this. But on the whole, we do like this. Uh, so again, kudos to the NBA for making it happen. All right, let's talk about the Nets. Uh, because the NBA, as we know, we already mentioned all the uh, open floor regular hosts are on vacation like the rest of the league. Nothing is happening <laughs> league-wide except for in Brooklyn. Dan, you live in Brooklyn. I'm sure that you hear all kinds of th- things when you're out on the streets. Uh, but there was a report earlier in the week that KD and the Nets owner, Joe Sy, sat down in London. Very busy trip for KD in London. He also went to a Travis Scott concert with James Harden. I'm sure that that was fun. But during the meeting with Sy, he told uh, the Nets owner that he either wants a trade or he wants GM Sean Marks and head coach Steve Nash to be fired. That's spicy. Uh, Mark Stein reported, meanwhile, that Phoenix, Toronto, Miami, and Boston have all inquired about KD. Here's the new news. Another challenger has entered the convo. This is my best Jim Jim Ross voice. <laughs> By God, is that the 76ers music? SNY's Ian Begley reported that high-ranking members of the Sixers, I'm quoting that here, feel strongly about engaging the Nets on a trade and that KD considers Boston and Philly, quote, desired landing spots. Uh, Dan, high-ranking members close to John Gonzalez say that he would really enjoy it if SI paid him double. <laughs> 
for hosting open floor. I don't think it's going to happen in the same way that uh, I think that, it, of course, high-ranking members of the Sixers feel strongly about talking to the Nets about a KD trade. It seems unlikely to me, given what the Sixers have to offer, which we will get into, but your reaction on all of this KD-related Nets drama. Well, man, my first thought was, like, if you are able, if you're Daryl Morey, to turn what would essentially be probably, like, Tobias Harris, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons, uh, Seth Curry, uh, probably uh, uh, basically everything else that's not nailed down into James Harden and Kevin Durant in a space of like uh, eight months. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not not a bad haul for you. Not a bad uh, bit of business to do if you're Daryl Morey. It's why I also think it's very unlikely that it will turn out that way. Um, but I honestly, the first thought that I had was, Okay, so you're interested in playing with James Harden again? So that wasn't the one that was the issue? Yeah. Uh, you know, is, is that's not really where the, where the issue was in Brooklyn? Um, which then, of course, in, you know, is the third man in, like, well, then what's going on with Kyrie Irving? Because the understanding was sort of like as long as Kevin Durant wants Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn, that's kind of been the, the sticking point and the, you know, uh, a big motivator for what has deteriorated with Kevin Durant there. But, like, now he's hanging out with Harden in London and he's saying he would want to go to the team that Harden is that, oh, by the way, also has Joel Embiid, you know, one of the two or three best players in the world. So, I mean, it makes sense that it would be a place that Kevin Durant would say, I would like to be there and have this team around me. But uh, the logistics of making it happen and also the bad feelings on what I have to imagine would be sort of all sides of that drama um, make it seem like a pretty unlikely outcome. But um, I mean, the thing that the, and then the third thing I thought about all these thoughts is Gans, how could you do this to Tyrese Maxey? Yeah. Tyrese Maxey would would have would have to be. I mean, your your golden boy, you know, the, your beautiful son. Like you would ha- you'd have to be able to to move off of Tyrese Maxey to make this happen. How could you? Yeah, uh, I want to unpack all the reasons why what's happening in in. Brooklyn and the deterioration of relationships relative to KD and him building that team. I want to get into all that in a second, but just from what you're talking about here, whether or not the Sixers could pull it off, because again, high ranking members of the Sixers being interested, not surprising how you could potentially pull that off much more difficult. You mentioned Tyrese Maxey. There was recently a pick of uh, Matisse Thibel, George Nyang, Tobias Harris, and Tyrese Maxey at Tobias Harris's wedding. And people, Sixers Twitter, were making jokes about that basically being their Nets trade package. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's getting it done for KD. And here's another problem that makes it more complicated. The Sixers have no first round pick in 2023, 2025, or 2027 because of the Stepien rule. They can't trade picks in first round picks in 24, 26, or 28. So you're looking at 2029, right? I mean, like, I just don't think like a package of no first round picks and three guys along with Tyrese Maxey gets it done for KD. There are delusional Sixers fans out there who say, no, I know, I know this will, this will shock you (laughs) who are worried about trading Maxey because they do love Maxey so much. He is such a fan favorite. He has really taken a step up and he is 13 years younger than KD. All of that said, those people are insane. Of course you trade Tyrese Maxey if you can get KD. I just don't think the Sixers have what it takes to get it done. That, I think, just if all, everything in a vacuum, I think that makes a lot of sense to me. Like, it just, that, you look at that, the aggregate value of that package, especially without the draft pick to be able to go with it, and you say, that just can't be the best deal that they can get. Right. and then you sort of start going through the list and you talk about the teams that are available or that are, have shown interest. And it's like, 
well, what's the best Miami's going to do if Bam Adebayo is not in the deal? Which there's, there are the complications about Bam Adebayo as a player who was on the designated rookie veteran, uh, rookie maximum extension, not being able to go to the Nets unless the Nets move off of Simmons because Simmons is on that same kind of deal and right. the CBA rules say you can't have two of them and all these sorts of you know arcane bits of car, uh, collective bargaining. But like, if Bam's not in the deal, then it's like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and Flotsam and a couple of, of like twenty seven and twenty nine picks. Not all that exciting. The Celtics are the big one. We've talked about ad nauseum. But, you know, are you one of the other reports? I think it was Ian Begley as well said uh, Durant would want to make sure that he played with Marcus Smart in Boston if he got there. So that removes Smart from the potential deal. So then it's is this Jalen Brown and Derek White. Like, is that blowing your hair back if you're the Nets? Maybe. Maybe if you see uh, Jalen Brown as a big, like, uh, you know, future all star, multiple time all star, maybe. But you sort of go through these options that other teams have. DeAndre Ayton's not going to be in a package from Phoenix, so it's built around uh, uh, Mikhail Bridges. Maybe. I don't know. At a certain point, you're like, I don't know, man. Is it possible that this could wind up being good enough? Just if, if for no other reason than the rest of the offers aren't that good. It seems mind-blowing to me until you factor in the part of, like, Kevin Durant's 34 years old and has, like, some devastating lower leg injury histories and he's owed $200 million over there. Like, maybe there's a world... Where this could happen, Gons? Maybe for you and the Sixers. Wow, there's a world where this could happen. I, I, you know, I don't know what parallel universe that one might be. I just don't think it's our universe. <laughs> you mentioned some of the other teams that uh, have been in the mix here potentially. Uh, so the Sixers, a desired landing spot according to that SNY uh, piece for KD. The other one being Boston. We've heard a lot about Boston, as you mentioned. The Boston Globe reported that the Nets initially asked for both Jays. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Shocking sure. development here. Uh, Boston politely declined. I, I don't know if it was polite. They mi- it might have been right. aggressively declined. Um, that's an uh, an obvious no-go for a team that just made it to the finals, is young, has all their good pieces under contract. Uh, eventually, the Nets retreated to the deal that we know about now, where it was Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Picks. KD is incredible. The Celtics just reached the finals. You mentioned this. KD's 34 with an injury history, but he is KD. Would you do that deal, the the lesser of the deal, without both Jays? It would just be Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and picks? I think if I was Boston, I wouldn't. And I can't believe I'm saying that mm-hmm. because you're right. He's Kevin Durant. But like the thing that made Boston special last year was that defense. And while I don't – I mean, there's there – KD, are many pretty arguments. good at defense. Pretty good at defense, but not in the – Marcus Smart is the heart of that defense. And it's not just because he won Defensive Player of the Year, because I kind of think that if Robert Williams didn't get hurt, he might have won Defensive Player of the Year. I think it was sort of like a uh, group achievement award for the project of, of the Celtics defense. And Smart certainly was phenomenal, but like I think it was just going to be somebody from that defense was going to win it. Um, but they only, they switch one through five because Marcus Smart can get underneath the Chris Stapps Porzingis's of the world and make their life miserable. Like he, he's a point guard who can play center. It was the thing he was jokingly calling himself a couple years ago, like a stretch six. Yeah. Um, so like there is a, like a fundamental understanding of if you move two starting pieces who make that defense, what it is, because Brown is an awesome defender too. Yeah. And all of those, you know, number one perimeter guy, uh, you know, perimeter offensive scores, he goes and he takes those guys. Tatum can do that too. KD can do some of that, but he's 34 years old, maybe best, position as like a weak side shock blocker guy i don't know it, it 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 feels a little bit like you're robbing too much of what your identity was in search of a higher end one and maybe i mean this you know no, no high risk high reward kind of move but i think that's a little bit too risky for me if i'm boston 
Um, and then again, you get back to like, if that's the case and if multiple other teams are kind of making that same calculation or can't even get in the conversation, are we looking at Kevin Durant just coming back to Brooklyn for training camp or not coming to Brooklyn for training camp? There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The options seem to be three, right? You've got... We're going to acquiesce to what KD demanded, which is fire Marks and Nash, or we're going to acquiesce to what KD demanded on the other side, which is trading him. And as you mentioned, to whom, right? Because all of a sudden you start poking holes in some of these deals that maybe the Celtics aren't going to be players. Maybe the Sixers don't have enough. The Suns can't move Aiton until later in the season. The Heat, as you had mentioned, are unwilling to move Bam and the Nets can't acquire him with Ben Simmons on the roster because of all those arcane CBA rules. The Raptors apparently don't want to include Scotty Barnes. So now all of a sudden, like you look around the league and you're like, who are we moving him to and for what and where would he want, right? Because like, He's not going to OKC. They've got a ton of picks, but he's not going there. Right. Um, or do you tell KD, tough luck, you've got to come back and then call his bluff and say, okay, you just signed this four-year extension. Are you really going to pull a Ben Simmons here? Now, part of that, Dan, is half of his salary comes in two advanced lump sum payments. He already got one of those July 1. The other one is supposed to be October 1. That would total 214 million dollars of the 42.9 million he's owed this season the first practice for the nets is scheduled for september 27th sixers went through this with ben simmons last year they withheld 20 million of his 33 million dollars do you think kd would potentially pull a ben simmons or does he report and play through this yeah i, I mean i think before a couple of weeks ago we probably would have said that seems unlikely and i think you know people there's the sort of the, the frequent refrain of like, nah, he's built different. He's not going to sit out. Like he's a hooper. He's going to come through. He loves hoops. And now, 
he, well, he does love hoops. It's a true thing about him. Um, but then you kind of, you know, this there's the reiteration of the trade request, and there's now rumblings. It's like, I don't know, maybe it's not that. Maybe he would sit out. He doesn't have to look too far down to be able to say, well, this I can put in a grievance. I can make a claim for the, the, the salary that you've taken away from me. And, you know, that'll get tied up and be a problem for a year. But I might be able to get all that money back if you hold it back from me. So there's a, 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 a walkway, a pathway here for that to happen. It just makes everything uglier. And to that point, one of the other sort of lower key stories, I think that was pretty interesting this week for the, with the Nets. Uh, it was Ian Begley, that same thing last week, said, you know, I, I believe it was Kyrie Irving, according to a source, says uh, he thinks that he and the Nets were, quote, in a pretty good place. And then three days yeah. later, a source told the New York Post, quote, Kyrie Irving hates these guys, meaning Sean Marks and Steve Nash. He feels that Nash is terrible and Marks is bad. So, like, all of the vibes surrounding all of this continue to be, like, pretty brutal. Yeah. Which brings me back to the biggest thing when, before, when they were with all the rumblings of you know, Katie's in, Cold, in Golden State, Kyrie's in Boston, and it's like the rumblings of, you know, Kyrie at, at All-Star Weekend with the two, two, yeah. all, two max spots and Brooklyn can put it together and the rumblings about them doing it. And it's like it was all the, 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 their discontent about everybody talking about off-court stuff instead of just the beauty of the game and the artistry between the lines and what magic we can make with the ball in our hands when we get on the court. And then through their continued actions and things that they continue to kind of you know put into place we can't talk about that stuff all we have to keep talking about is who is uh gonna get fired or not fired or who has the trade package or not trade package or whose lump sum payments is going to be in escrow or whatever like i think everybody wants to just be able to talk about what Kyrie irving and kevin durant are when they play basketball because guess what when they did that together they've been pretty freaking good yeah they just haven't gotten to see very much of it over the last two years uh, and, and then, you know, it all sort of comes down to this like ash in your mouth feeling that we're in right now. And that I think so many Nets fans are like, just let, let this get this over with, please. I don't understand how we got to this point for a lot of different reasons. I've mentioned it on open floor with Roe before, but let's not forget that when you were talking about, you know, All-Star Weekend, when, when there was that famous video of uh, Kyrie going two max slots, right? Well, okay, you get those two max slots and then the pieces have to be put in around you. Sean, uh, Sean Marks made that happen, right? And then on top of that, going back to Golden State, when Nash was an advisor, Nash and KD were tight. This was a Nash, this was a KD wish list thing, right? He wanted Nash to be the head coach. Boom, they make it happen. So I just, it feels like everything that KD has wanted to happen in Brooklyn, Brooklyn has accommodated. And now all of a sudden, KD is going, no, I don't like any of the things that I asked for that you did for me, which seems very strange. But I want to touch on what you said specifically about what we think would happen if KD doesn't take his ball and go home or go to some other place. Because I think sometimes while we're hearing all of this stuff about KD taking meetings in London and demanding X, Y, and Z, we forget the Nets could be good. If as currently comprised with KD and Kyrie and oh yeah, Ben Simmons still exists, where do we think we would slot them in the Eastern Conference among, you know, the Celtics, the Heat, the Bucks, the Sixers, the Raptors? They'd have to be somewhere in that mix, no? Well, yeah, I think this is one thing that I and I didn't realize, or I mean, I think I knew based on the injuries and the unavailability and everything, but I. Uh, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and Joe Harris didn't play a second together last season. Wild. Not one second of basketball on the court together. The last time they did, 2020-2021 season, in the minutes they played without Harden, so before that deal and like when Harden wasn't available, 
They outscored teams by 9.6 points per 100 possessions, according to Cleaning the Glass. So that's like an elite number. You yeah. know, like that would be one of the best teams in the league. And so then you obviously there were, you know, multiple uh, pieces around there. Bruce Brown was a helpful piece. That was Blake Griffin's kind of last hurrah there. But you move in, uh, you know, uh, Ben Simmons, theoretically, hopefully, I mean, with the specter, you know, the phantom of the uh, uh, of, you know, the Barclays Center and see if he plays. But like Ben Simmons would be a great addition for that team. Um, you have bring back Seth Curry healthy. You bring back Patty Mills. You add in uh, Royce O'Neal as a three and D component there. See what you get out of TJ Warren. They have the young guys that they brought up, Kessler Edwards and those sorts of dudes. There's depth on the roster. And there is, I mean, if everybody could just get their heads around, we show up and we play ball together. That's a team that I think would be in the mix for, a, uh, you know, maybe three or a four seed in the East. I still think the Celtics and the Bucks are like a pretty clear one and two above everybody else. But if you get that team on the court for the better part of an actual season, there's no reason it shouldn't be an elite offense with, uh, you know, at least a good enough defense, depending on what Simmons can do to elevate it. And then from there on, it's like, you know, you put yourself in a short series with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving against pretty much any defense I guess with the exception of that Celtics defense that we just saw, um, you feel like pretty good about your chances. So uh, now the, the the issue though is like, do you get to a point where is it just too much uh, water over the dam and you know too many cracks for it, you to put it all back together? And maybe that's the case. Maybe we've just reached a point where between uh, Durant's request and, and all the issues that Kyrie's had and everything else, it's just too much to put back together. That would be a real shame because I continue to believe that if you put that team on the court, mm-hmm. they'd be pretty damn fun to watch. Yeah, I think so too. I'm I'm of the belief and and. You know, look, we all know that Ben Simmons has his limitations, but Ben Simmons does a lot of things really well. He's an excellent rebounder, an excellent defender who can switch one through five, give people a lot of problems. He runs the break well. He's a good passer. You know, absent the shooting component, he's pretty good. And being on a team with KD and Kyrie where he wouldn't have to be the one or the one A, he could be the three in terms of options now all of a sudden i really like ben simmons as a player and you let the other guys do the heavy lifting offensively and all of a sudden who knows what uh brooklyn could be i'm with you that probably the top tier of the eastern conference remains boston and milwaukee and then you've got that second tier of you know the sixers and the heat but i would i would probably slot the nets into that tier if you could be guaranteed of bringing everybody uh together stitching humpty dumpty back together I'm not sure that they can actually pull that off, though, because in addition to all this KD stuff, you do still have the Kyrie. Would they potentially move him as well? I want to throw this past you. According to Christian uh, Winfield of the New York Daily News, he just reported that the Lakers are now willing to include both of the team's future first round picks 2027 and 2029 in a trade for Kyrie Irving that would ostensibly send out Russell Westbrook. Um, That doesn't sound like I mean, like I like the two picks. That sounds good. Uh, and probably at a time when LeBron is uh, retiring or off to play with Bronny somewhere. I don't know that that's enough for me to take on Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I mean, at this point, if you're taking on the Westbrook contract, it is just to basically buy him out and then create cap space around it. That's like, I mean, not not that he is a complete like lost cause in terms of being able to play NBA-level basketball, but if you're a championship contender, uh, that's not... The, the Nets would not be making an upward move in terms of what their backcourt rotation would look like. They'd be making that move to kill time before they could wipe his salary off the books and then make another move this summer. So totally makes sense from the Lakers' perspective. They add a shooter there, you know, somebody that knows how to play off of LeBron, all that sort of stuff, uh, you know, completely reorients what their offense would look like. But for the Nets, 
I mean, you get the picks, but if you're if the entire intent is to continue to be competitive, which all the reporting has suggested, they continue because they owe their entire future to the Rockets. They're like, you know, we're we want to continue to be competitive and be a title contender now. I don't think that Russ helps you get there. Um, but if you're already if if the point is you're willing to get off of KD or you feel like you're just going to have to wind up making that move, there's no reason to keep Kyrie around at that point because you're not looking to appease anybody. So. You know, via Condios and you grab a couple of picks for it and then wind up with 47 million coming off the books in the summer. I can see it from that perspective, but it doesn't help Brooklyn make up, get up any higher in that hierarchy, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, when I'm looking at all the different options, I mean, maybe that is the best option for Kyrie Irving, but like in total, unless you're unplugging KD, I think it's a sit around and wait and, you know, we'll, we'll go slowly. It'll be sort of like a Ben Simmons situation. Fine, we'll look around to accommodate you, but we're not going to pull the trigger on the very first trade that comes down the pike. We're going to wait for all of this, especially because KD has to be the first piece that you unplug before you go forward with the rest of it. I want to throw out one more Nets-related drama issue to you before we wrap up this podcast. This one's way more fun. This one made me laugh. Ben Simmons, we mentioned him. He's still in Brooklyn. People forget that because he never actually played. But Rick Buecher recently went on The Herd with Colin Cowherd and said that Ben Simmons left a Nets group chat when they asked him to play game four against the Celtics. Uh, before we get into whether or not this was true because there are conflicting reports, this just made me laugh. I love the idea of there being a group chat and then being like, hey, you know, and you see like the three dots going as people are typing. Uh, hey, you know, Ben, could you make it to game four? We could really use you. And then like all of a sudden it says Ben Simmons has left the chat and he's ghosting them. Yeah, uh, as somebody who's been asked to leave at least one group chat before, I think that the uh, I think it's it's worth maybe maybe it's a, uh, a green bubbles type of situation. Maybe it's a you know he's not he's not on the appropriate. Uh, it's like he's he's saying like I need to get onto a WhatsApp chat. I need to not be uh, on on your iPhone chat. Maybe it's something like that. I don't know, but. Uh, and then there was, I think Shams came out shortly thereafter and was like, yep. so told Pat McAfee, like, this didn't happen. And yes. like, all right, well, I'm glad we, uh, I'm glad that uh, all of the, you know, it's, we, we're now at like, uh, you know, Johnny told Janie at uh, study hall that you said this about uh, her boyfriend and now her boyfriend's gonna be waiting in the parking lot for you to beat her up. I don't know who Pat McAfee is in that scenario, sure. but like, it is, it is a game of telephone that we have reached where it's like. I guess if Ben Simmons is still in the group chat, that means good things for his capacity to get on the court and be a contributor for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I hope that uh, everyone's just on the same level of bubbles and that nobody gets left on red. Um, we should note, yes, Shams did knock this report down on Pat McAfee's show. He said flat out this did not happen. Uh, but it's important that, you know, for context, Shams shares an agent with Ben yes. Simmons. So yes. not exactly an impartial party here. Shams does a great job as a reporter. I, I think mm -hmm. he's really good at his gig. I just, I don't know. I wonder whether, I don't know what to believe here, but I will tell you, I want to believe that Ben Simmons was like, yeah, good luck with that, deuces, I'm out of here. And then just like <laughs> they can't get a hold of him because that, that did kind of happen with the Sixers. And now I like that idea of that also happening in Brooklyn just from a... Uh, all of the drama moving north up the turnpike from Philadelphia to Brooklyn is just chef's kiss. Really enjoying that. What I love more than anything is like, so I think Daryl kind of set the template for the way this all works, where it's like when it was going to be the Simmons, uh, will they trade him? Won't they trade him? It was like, 
everybody buckle in. We're going to see who's most willing to be uncomfortable. And then I kind of didn't realize that that was just going to be the NBA worked for like three years Mm -hmm. was that everyone was just going to be like, I'm going to be able to make things more uncomfortable than you can. No, no, I'm going to be the one who makes it more uncomfortable than you can. And then everyone's just mad. I'm like, Doug, the world's on fire. Let's just let's have something that we can enjoy. And it's like, no, everyone's going to be it's going to be a a discomfort Olympics and who can get the gold medal. Uh, and then, you know, who's left, uh, you know, with the bronze uh, getting kicked out of group chat. I don't know. The it's, Sixers it's, have won the discomfort Olympics for like 20 straight <laughs> years. So no, I'm really glad that uh, a new contender has entered the competition. Kudos to Brooklyn on that one. Uh, I, From a distance, all of this drama and discomfort has been much more enjoyable when it doesn't involve your city and the team that you follow the most. So uh, Godspeed to everybody in Brooklyn. You're in Brooklyn, Dan. Uh, This wraps up our Brooklyn Nets drama report. Uh, You can read Dan Devine on The Ringer. Tell people what you got cooking. Uh, Well, I just went up with a piece that was complete counter programming. Mm -hmm. It's about some of the sort of smaller under the radar uh, signings from the summer. We talked about the Heat a little bit earlier. Uh, The Heat just lost PJ Tucker. How do they replace him? Do they have an in-house candidate? Uh, Some other guys who signed sort of smaller deals but could wind up playing bigger roles. Uh, An excuse to, while it's quiet, to go kind of dig in a little bit deeper on some of the things that went under the the radar that flew under the radar for us. So that and then uh, I have to imagine I'm going to get another bite at the Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. uh, LeBron James, uh, drama, Apple, uh, over the course of the next couple of weeks. That seems like what the, the, the biggest stories are, but ringer.com slash NBA. You can find me at your man divine on Twitter. Uh, I make little jokes and write about the NBA there. He's very good at it. Go read him on the ringer.com. You can also listen to me on sports illustrated weekly available wherever you get your podcast. Please subscribe, rate and review. We have a really interesting, good piece up, uh, by Julie Kliegman about, Athletes like Aaron Rodgers and Daniel Carcillo and Kenny Stills using psychedelics as a medical treatment. So highly recommend people go and check that out. We'll be back on Monday right here on Open Floor with part two of your man, Dan Devine, the Bonanza, where we go through every single over under win total that the Vegas odd makers just posted for the NBA. Don't miss that on Monday. Thanks for listening to the Open Floor, everybody. and Have a great weekend. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release. 
presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.